We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Got our spinning wheels going. One, two, three. All right, welcome in, welcome in, everybody. It is Tuesday evening, 6.06 p.m. It's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Carl Dummler. Carl, how you doing? How's What's new since I saw you last week? <laughs> well, I've, I've told you a few things. We've had some flooding issues, and I figure I'm getting all the bad luck of the year out of the way before the season kicks off. So nothing but but good moving forward. And, uh, you know, obviously it's football season. Thursday's first game of the year. Hopefully getting to see the Chiefs get whooped up on. Broncos go 1-0, take a lead in the division. You know, that's uh, – that's my hope that all this, like I said, this all the, the bad of this last week equals all the good this week for the Broncos. And God, you hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's been seems like there's some chaos going in on right now in Vegas. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit today. Uh, obviously, this massive Sean Payton article came out from ESPN as well today that if you have, you know, about half an hour to sit down and read, it's uh, really just a deep dive into uh Sean Payton's time as a coach in the NFL. So really good article there from ESPN. God, I wish I, I'm not sure who wrote it. Honestly, I shouldn't credit it because it was obviously a very excellent uh, piece of journalism uh, there from ESPN. So shout out to them. And let's say a shout out to some of the people in the comments section here. We got William coming in here saying, man, McDaniels just keeps screwing things up even more in Vegas. They're going to run him out there, which uh, with torches and pitchforks. Yeah, they uh, definitely have some stuff there. And it was Seth, Wilkersham uh, out there in uh, ESPN who wrote that article. So good piece of journalism. Really enjoyed that piece. Uh, Sean Payton's an interesting dude. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, talking about another interesting dude. Uh, there's some not happy folks in Vegas right now. Chandler Jones takes to social media and uh, airs his dirty laundry. And uh, that seems like some dysfunction there at, in Vegas. So we'll get into that. Dylan Von Arks. What's up? Broncos country is a sup. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way and share on all platforms and subscribe. If you haven't already C Chang comes in and says, one more day until the NFL season. Yeah, two more days, I think, still. But uh, yeah, one more day. And then also uh, rooting for the Lions to beat the Chiefs. We all are, C. Chang. And the <laughs> Chiefs got some bad news today. Uh, Travis Kelsey with a hyperextended knee. Does sound like it's going to be minim- a minimal injury overall. Uh, but he's expected to miss one to two weeks. And we should have more information on the future Hall of Famers, uh, tight ends, 
knee here after the swelling goes down. So seeing what happens there with uh, Travis Kelsey. Chiefs are definitely – I mean, would you say that they're missing two of their three best players now uh, oh, yeah. in this game? Yeah. Yeah, Pretty easily. Wild. I mean, yeah, Chris Jones sitting out till maybe eight, week eight, and he seems very content to actually mm-hmm. sit out until yeah. he gets the deal that he wants. He's not going to cave and say, oh, I want to get back into the season. And they've even had players like trying to plead for him on social media. Please get back here soon. We need you. And mm-hmm. he's kind of relaxing, having a good old time going, I'm going to take my eight weeks off and <laughs> and until they pay me. So, yeah. yeah, missing two of their three best players. I mean, obviously, their number one player is still there. Number one player in the NFL with Patrick Mahomes. And so you're still going to win a lot of games with him. And I'd still have them as the favorites against the Lions because of him. But these are two big time blows. I mean, Jared Goff, one of his biggest struggles, pressure up the middle last mm-hmm. year. Like, I mean, his QBR dropped dramatically by about 50 points when he was pressured last season. So, but talk about no pressure. Stu McPeak coming in with the 1999 Super Chat saying, let's go Broncos. We need to have a win over Raiders. Thanks for all that you guys do. Stu, thanks for all you do, man. I appreciate uh, all the work you're doing, flying people across the country through your work, and uh, just appreciate you tuning in to, to hear us here today. Yeah, thank you so much, Stu. You are putting the pressure on for us to have a good show and uh, keep having benefactors like you guys, so thank you so much. Not sure what the context here is from Andrew Morrow. Maybe the quote of the show about uh, Peyton talking about Wilson. Um, there was an article on ESPN today. We'll get into that. It was much more about Sean Payton than it was Russell Wilson, but that's uh, obviously a catchy quote and tidbit in there that uh, a lot of people ran with, which underst- understandable. So good to see Andrew, Kevin Gray saying evening, Nick and Carl and Scott, big mile high salute to Broncos country. Good to see you. I hope you're doing well. Always appreciate you coming. I see Mike S is in the house too. Good to see you. Mike S Mike Givens in the house. Hello, Nick and Broncos country time to whip some Raiders, but God, I hope so. Broncos haven't beaten the Raiders in the 2020s. Uh, hopefully that'll turn around here. seems like the Raiders are dysfunctional, but they felt dysfunctional last year as well. Maybe not as dysfunctional as the Broncos, uh, but uh, hopefully the Broncos can take care of it. And I'm hoping the Broncos fan base can, uh, you know, provide maybe a point or two swing on that as well. Cause you know, Broncos country is going to be revved up for that game against the Raiders week one. They know that they got to win that game. Uh, if you start off 0 one with in the AFC West against the Raiders with the way they look right now on paper uh, might be a, a troubling season. I don't want to say it's a must win game, but the difference between one and zero and zero and one are, I think drastically going to, change your playoff uh, probability this season. So it's a long season, but got to win the gimmies. Uh, Mike and Broncos have had no gimmies, so hopefully they can get this one. Michael Shields, we're going to be one and know this time next week. Let's go Broncos and Buckham. Good to see you. Michaela Israel in the house. Good evening, Broncos country. Got our guy Paul saying hello, Nick and Carl. Uh, Albert Knoppers, of course. Good evening, gents. Michael Ronquillo, good evening with the stars on building the Broncos. Go Broncos and Buckham. John Libick's in the house. You guys are killing it, man. So many good comments in here. It must be close to football season. Uh, Michael Rome comes in and says, Nick, who do you see how the Broncos leading and rushing this Sunday? I think it's going to be Pookie Williams. Uh, I think that he's back. Uh, I think that they're going to use him and I think they are not going to be afraid to hold him back either. So I'm going to say it's going to be Pookie Williams. I think Samaji P Ryan could, uh, maybe even lead the team in carries, but he's not a super explosive back either. So I'm going to say, uh, Pookie, uh, Javante, Javante leads the team in, uh, rushing this Sunday. What do you think, Carl? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. He's the number one running back on the team. So mm-hmm. usually that player gets the most carries. And I mean, we saw in his little bit of debut, he broke a couple tackles, did well of continuing to push the pocket like he used to. And I think we've added another two weeks of healing and time for him to 
get past all of that past season with injuries and stuff. So yeah, I'd probably lean towards him. Um, I mean, part of me wants to take the wild card and go Russell Wilson. Yeah. Ah, man, I hope not. That means something went really wrong uh, for the Broncos run blocking and uh, run game in general. And I think that they are run game looked pretty good. And also with the dysfunction going on, I mean, there's rumors that uh, we'll keep getting into, I guess now's a good time, but uh, Chandler Jones kind of gone off the deep end on social media uh, saying that he's been locked out of the facilities out there in Vegas, can't get in, can't work out, having to work out at a local gym because he can't get in there. The Raiders are in contact with his ex-girlfriend or something in that nature, some uh, former past relationship, uh, but they, he can't get a hold of the general manager, of the uh, head coach out there, and also I guess there's some talk that he black, blo- uh, blocked Max Crosby, so it just sounds like complete uh, Raiders disarray out there in Vegas. Uh, wh- what do you think? Am I missing any details here? Can you add on anything here? Or are we just going to enjoy piling on the Raiders hopefully and continue that train for another week? Yeah. I mean, he talked about, he was trying to get Josh McDaniel's phone number because he didn't have that already. He, you know, he's been with the guy for over a year and doesn't have his phone number. That, that just kind of shows the disconnect between Josh McDaniels and his players. You know, he's always kind of been this guy of I'm going to keep this, this distance between us. I am head coach. You are player like that. That's that's your role here. And, you know, you got like guys like Andy Reid. <clears throat> I bet he about has every player's phone number in there that he can call at any time whenever he wants because he's a player's coach. That's just kind of the personality he has. Mm-hmm. And Josh McDaniels, he likes to play mind games. I think that could be a little bit of them talking to the baby mama that he hasn't talked to in the last five years. Uh, they did that. There's another player that they did that to not too long ago, actually. And Antonio Brown. He was another one that they were talking to his baby mama as well. And so just kind of some weird things that like, why in the world are you talking to these people? Like, (laughs) are you trying to get some inside information that the team doesn't have otherwise? And why would you even want that? Like to me, you're, you're just building this uh, big cavern between you and the players because you're doing these things behind their back. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're directly going around their trust, right? I yeah. mean, the communication there should be to the players, not, you know, somebody that they're not even in really communication with. It's just so, it's such a, I mean, and this is obviously a lot of hearsay, you know, wouldn't hold up in the court of law, but you got to have texts and stuff. I guess you could have a whole trial, but it's, uh, it does seem like in the very least, it's going to be a distraction uh, for the Raiders here. And hopefully the Broncos can take advantage of that because I'll tell you what, who will have no distractions for the Broncos this week. After reading that article from ESPN, uh, Sean Payton, he will crack uh, some skulls. If there's any sort of distraction going on, that dude is a authoritarian out there. And uh, that's the bill Parcells way. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting to see this. You're definitely no uh, kumbaya Nathaniel Hackett going on in Denver right now. Mark, I don't know if we said hi to Mark Linda mode yet, but good to see you, Mark. Uh, we got Daniel Barry Sports coming in saying, hey, hey to you. Pearl Heater saying hi, hi to you as well. Reselling Adventure saying good evening, Nick and Carl. Buck the Raiders, absolutely buck the Raiders all the time. That's definitely the way to go. Uh, Carl, have, have the Raiders, has have the Chiefs surpassed the Raiders in terms of hate for you? I mean, I know you're out there in Kansas. It would make some sense. I still hate the Raiders more. I mean, they're just the stench of them. I, I just, I can't stand them. Yeah, I, I don't think I've met I've met one decent Raiders fan in my entire life. And uh I, I have to say that because he's the sheriff of our town. Mm-hmm. But um but beyond that, like I've just never had really many great interactions with them. I've I've had a lot of really bad ones, and I've had a lot of times of them, like even in like their worst years when they were winning like two to four games a year. I had a bunch of Raiders fans coming up every single season. Oh, this is our year. Jamarcus Russell, he's going to be just the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game. And and I just would laugh. They're like, yo, you just wait. And I'd get to the end of the season. They're like, oh, next year. Don't you worry about it. It sounds and like I just say, Yeah, they just had like this incredible <laughs> fantasy world that they lived in beyond anybody else. And they couldn't believe mm-hmm. anybody else had a great team out there. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I've met more decent chiefs fans and i have raiders fans so i'll i'll still probably put the chiefs above the raiders and or i guess below the raiders in my hatred maybe it's because the raiders have been so dysfunctional and terrible and like the type of football that they played for a while but like i can't really think of many normal behaving raiders fans now i've been in the midwest so i've met you know kansas city people and whatnot yeah. so there's definitely some bias and sample size stuff in there as well but it's like they're always an interesting type but uh, man they are ride or die so i respect that but uh, they're yeah. I, I still hate the raiders more than uh, any other team out there gary palmer i did hate the patriots more than anybody during the manning years but that's a entire different thing gary yeah. palmer 999 saying what's up nick carl and scott how many yards and passing for the broncos uh go broncos and buckham i think the broncos will have about 190 yards rushing and maybe about 260 passing. I think that they're going to lean on the ground game and uh, hopefully be a little bit more 50 50 in this one. Protect Wilson, get the uh, pass blocking reps, hopefully up and running and just lean in to how good the, uh, the run blocking hat looked in a small sample size. We'll see if it holds up against the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the best way to play them when they have their incredible pass rush with Max Crosby, maybe Chandler Jones. We'll see if he's going to be out there. Their their number one pick Tyree Jackson and, they're going to hope that the Broncos have to pass the ball. So if you can lean into that run game, take a lot of time off the clock, maybe you can get a little bit of a lead, let your pass rushers get after them. Uh, So I'm going to go a little bit less than you on the rushing yards. I'll go 165 and I'll go probably pretty close on the passing yards, about 265. 
Mm. And I think that'll be enough. I think you'll get a couple turnovers on defense. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I know I'm, I'm crossing my fingers, but I think we saw in the, in the preseason, again, this is an aggressive defense. They want to go for some turnovers. Now they're going to give up a couple big plays, which has me a little bit nervous with Devonte Adams, uh, Josh Jacobs, you know, those kind of guys, they're big player players. Mm-hmm. Um, so they might give up one big play, but I also think they're going to get back a couple that really turned the tide in this game for the Broncos. I hope so, man. You know me. Special teams and turnovers get me going. Uh, so uh, that's uh, hoping for some good turnovers here. And heck, let's see some defensive points. Even that'd be incredible. Mark Bowen said the season is upon us. Go Broncos. Rodney Garcia in the house saying good evening, Nick Carl and Broncos country. It's Broncos week and it's time to end the streak. Go Broncos and keep up the great work, gentlemen. Thank you so much, Rodney. We appreciate that. Jason O'Neill in the house. Good to see you. Joe Mannix saying the Broncos have to win the first two. Scott and I went through the schedule this week, and uh, it really does seem like the Broncos need to walk away at bare minimum the first four games, two and two. Three and one would be great. I think if you're one and three after playing the, oh gosh, the Raiders at home, the Commanders at home, on the road against Miami, that's a tough one. But then at Chicago, I mean, you have to finish that, I think, two and two. Uh, after that, I mean, if if you don't do that, then playoffs might be, you know, sinking ship there. Yeah. Sean Payton has talked about it a few times this offseason. A fast start is key to this team. Mm-hmm. Like he, he looked at the, the teams that really turned things around last year. Almost every single one of them had that fast start that got them, you know, a nice lead in the division or, you know, gave them at least a little bit of comfort. Belief. Moving, yeah, belief. Yeah, that's another part of it. Uh, you know, it's kind of... I hate to bring up the the Colorado Buffaloes, mm-hmm. but you know, like, I mean, that was a big thing. They were like, Hey, we knew we believed. I'm not sure you players all completely believed, but now you believe. And now he's getting after the media going, now do you believe in us? Those, those kind of things. And I mean, it's a lot of rah, rah from, uh, from him, but, but still like part of that is like, they've had so much bad around that organization. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to get that first really big win to start believing that you actually could be something. And for the Broncos, you know, I'm sure like they're buying into a lot of what Sean Payton's selling out there, but until they fully see it on the field, it's going to be hard for them to fully believe that this is turned around. So yeah, yeah the, these first few games are critical for the Broncos. Yeah. And we got Lawrence Rivera coming in with the star saying, I honestly think uh, Payton hates Russ. He was literally forced to sit next to him during the Nuggets games. Next one, he was sitting there miles apart. I think that, I don't know if Payton hate, I mean, he actually does hate some people. It seems like he hates the league office a bit and refing and maybe hates uh-huh. uh, Roger Goodell as well. It's, I think just reading this article, if you guys, again, it just came out today. So I saw a comment in here saying that, that article was a long time ago from Doug Tessier just came out today. A lot of the facts in it, uh, things that happened were a long time ago, but I'm pretty sure this article just came out today or yesterday even. Uh, but the, he does seem to hate maybe the league office and like the competition committee and stuff and Roger Goodell, which, you know, very seemed very, uh, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Suspicious of like the league, you know, out to get him and things because he's, you know, had that year off and the targeting and he just feels like uh, the league is somewhat out to get him. But now that he has the Walton Pender group in his uh, corner, I'm curious how things change. He's got to feel empowered uh, in the league, you know, with the Walton Penner group behind him now. I don't know what that'll mean for the Broncos or for Peyton's career, uh, but having that much, you know, the, by far the wealthiest ownership group and very influential ones at that, uh, sitting behind him now and supporting him. Curious to see uh, what that means for Peyton and his relationship uh, with Roger Goodell and the rest of the league. But I mean, we've seen the Saints. They had a lot of unfortunate things. What was the uh, the New Orleans no call? I think is what they're calling it. That one against the Rams. There's been some ugly things to the Saints where it hasn't worked out so well with uh, Peyton. But uh, 
hopefully he can get it around in uh, Denver and get a fast start as you were talking about. Yeah. And, and this, this comes back to his looking at even the smallest details mm-hmm. of, of what, what separates a victory from a loss. And when he's looking at that of, uh, he brought up, there was like three or four years in a row where his team was like 29th, 30th, 31st, 32nd and opponents penalties. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at that going, okay, something's going on here. All of a sudden these teams that were having penalties, they play us and nothing. So you can't tell me that there's not some kind of conspiracy going on here when we continue to be at the bottom of this of getting calls. And so for him, he's looking at that and he, he took it to leak. He actually took it up there to Goodell and, and tried to tell him like, Hey, you need to look into this. You need to do something about this. And the league said, no, we're good. And so he he made it very public today. And this article did come out today, 8 a.m. Eastern time. And so, yeah, I highly recommend go read this. It does take a while to get through it all. Uh, You know, I I do find it interesting that Sean Payton has really taken to the media as much as he has when he's told players, Mm -hmm. like, I don't want you talking to the media or at least as much. He's distrustful of every, I mean, the the part in the article where there was the independent concussion doctor that he thought was a league spy and he'd like glare at him and like, you know, like bump into him. And I mean, it's just like, it's paranoia to a degree. I mean, it's, it's eye opening. but sorry to interrupt. It's just like, it's some of this stuff is like, yeah, man, it's a, it is a rough time uh, probably being Sean Payton, but that desire to win and perfection drives him and makes him a heck of a coach. Oh, for sure. And I did want to get to this from Phil coming in with some stars saying, good evening, Nick, Carl and Deacon Scott. Is Dorsett going to move from practice squad to starter this year? Hashtag Buckham, hashtag Go Broncos, hashtag MHH for life. I I would say starter, starter, unless there's injury. I yeah, not starter, not starter. I I still think little Jordan Humphrey probably has first dibs on being the first one called up for game mm-hmm. one, just because he's been in with the team, uh, he knows the playbook, that kind of stuff. So I think he has a little bit leg up on that area. I do think Dorsett is a decent fit with Russell Wilson and what he likes in receivers. He likes to have that speed going down the field, hit a guy over the top every once in a while. But, you know, Dorsett, he just, he's never lived up to the hype of being that first round wide receiver when he was drafted. Uh, He's had some big plays. He's had some big moments, but he's never been consistent. So yeah, I, I can't ever see him being a starter for sure. Maybe brought up if there's another injury. Otherwise I think he's probably going to spend most of the year on the practice squad. I think that the the era of we are at with uh, the call-ups on the practice squad, I think you can call up a guy three times before that fourth time having to keep them on your active roster. I think at positions like wide receiver and tight end and cornerback and safety, you're going to see guys just continuously called up and then waved. Uh, you're going to see a, just a rotation of veterans that are coming in here. And you'll have injuries where happen. Let's say little Jordan Humphrey get plays is activated the first three weeks. And God forbid the Broncos have another injury. Just start, let's say not the Broncos, just a generic team. Maybe they keep that guy up then and activate it and you bring in somebody else. But I think you're going to see a rotation of uh, guys called up. And then once they reach their eligibility maximum of call-ups, then you see them waved and the next guy comes up. And you can do that with positions where there's a plethora of serviceable talent. Uh, such as wide receiver. I think there's, you know, there's probably as much wide receiver running back tight end depth as any positions in the league. So you can do that with those positions. And I expect the Broncos to do that with wide receiver. And I agree with you. Little Jordan Humphrey will get first because not only does he know he's been in the Broncos camp, but he worked with Sean Payton uh, for a few years as well in New Orleans. So that makes a heck of a lot of sense. Yep. I do want to say hello 
to um, Cooper coming in here. Michaela Israels Cooper saying hi. Uh, good to see you. Cooper he says also it's his birthday in two days, by the way. Hope you all are doing well. I hope you have a great birthday there, Cooper. Always appreciate you coming in, chiming in and saying hello, everybody in the chat. Make sure you say um, happy birthday or happy early birthday uh, to Cooper. Uh, have a great one. Hopefully you're celebrating a, uh, a Chiefs loss on Thursday. That'd be a great birthday present. That's a, that's a communal birthday. If you ask for that, if you blow out your candles and ask for that, just know that you're doing a solid for Broncos country, which we'd appreciate that. Save it though. Save it for yourself. Do it, do what you want there. Hope you're doing well. Pearl heater comes in and says, my dad, you say any, uh, on any, anything can happen on any given Sunday. There is a movie about that, right? So that's what makes the NFL great. It's not like college football where sometimes you see the spreads of like 40 points, anything like that. You know, you got a chance in a lot of games. Kevin Vigil's in the house and it should be a fun game. Thunderstorms expected during the game. Excited to be there. Well, be safe. Yeah, that's uh, those thunderstorms in Colorado in the uh, summertime are no joke. So, uh, you know, hail and lightning, ugh, scary stuff. We don't get that so much out here in Seattle. Jasmine, hey guys, hope you're doing well, Jasmine. We appreciate you coming in and always saying hello. Jasmine's always a big uh, benefactor of the show. And also had another super coming in, KB82, Kenneth Booker, saying off topic. Oh, man, he's always asking. He loves it. I'm excited. I'm excited about college football. Any chance you guys want to get supers for me to talk college football, I'm here for it. Unless it's disparaging Iowa. Uh, says, what do you guys think of Colorado? Four wide receivers with 100 yards, 500 yards passing, running backs with four touchdowns, and Travis Hunter playing lights out on both sides. I think that the Pac-12 is going to be a lot of fun this year in its final season in its division. Colorado, I got to say, I was a, you can call me a hater or a doubter, but I didn't think that they had the, developed bodies in the trenches where more established teams that have those guys have had guys in the program would be able to lean on them a little bit, but they went in there and whipped, not whipped the TCU quarterback missing ones, but they went in there and beat TCU. It was exciting. A lot of fun playmakers on there. Uh, I'm excited to see what they can do in the PAC 12. I don't have expectations of Colorado winning the PAC 12 or anything, but uh, they're going to be competitive this year and considering where they were at that is a monumental turnaround i mean what were they one and 11 last year uh one of the worst teams in power five now you're out here and you got a chance to you know be bowl eligible uh with this team so uh shout out to them man they've uh dion's done a great job i really hope and this is just me and i gotta give credit to the uh the athletic college football show but i really hope dion coming in and you know like crapping on the media as soon as the game game is over doesn't hurt the Heisman campaign for Travis Hunter because you know who's voting for the Heisman? The people Dion is coming in, you know, crapping on after that. And so they deserve to be crapped on. Sometimes we deserve to be crapped on, Carl. Uh, but uh, that's uh, that's one that kind of scares me a little bit because Travis Hunter, it looks like he's going to be very deserving of that Heisman conversation. Yeah, I, I do worry about playing him that many snaps every single game. I, I just, I can't see him holding up for an entire season. I can't see yeah. that being good for his body. You know, I, I still think you need to highlight him more on defense at cornerback and then use him sparingly, sparingly on offense in certain situations where he can be a big time playmaker for you. You know, maybe some of the bigger games against some of these top ranked opponents, you say, hey, we're going to get you an extra 15 snaps in this game. You got to be ready for that. Uh, but yeah, he's he's outstanding as a prospect. I, I can't wait to see once he gets draft eligible what he can do, because I mean, he's still he's only a sophomore, which is still crazy. And then, you know, Sanders. At quarterback, he really shocked me with just going out there and having the kind of game he did. And I know TCU, not a great defense by any means, but still to go out there and have a game like that, put up those kind of numbers. He looked calm. He looked very collected, very smart where he was going with the football, very accurate. You know, I can't remember who I was listening to. I think it might have been um, uh, Coward today when he was doing one of his shows. And he said he talked to a couple NFL teams. 
And they said, yeah, he looked like a first round quarterback. Now, obviously lots more games before we start making that kind of declaration for a guy like him, but still to, to come out and have that as his first game with Colorado. Very impressive for that team. Yeah. Really. I mean, especially at TCU, uh, pretty damn incredible. And now they play Nebraska. And I think my Iowa heart can really be pulling for the buffs this week. This starting off Nebraska season. 0 and two. I mean, just, just warms the soul. Uh, Jasmine coming in nine ninety nine, saying coming in late. That's okay. Jasmine. Uh, did Sean Payton say something about Russ per the pod title? Why are people saying Sean Payton hates Russ? He stated numerous times that he's been impressed with Russell Wilson. I, Pretty much he came in, and Carl, I don't know if you have the direct quote uh, in front of you, but he said that Russell Wilson needs to drop the the branding kind of stuff going on here if he wants to get back to being a quality NFL quarterback. It can't be out there, you know, pushing the RW3 uh, brand and everything around that. You know, it's not about the personality and the hype there. It's about winning, playing, winning football games and being a good quarterback. So that was essentially it, saying stop politicking and whatnot. Go in, go in football games and focus on your craft. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look for the exact quote, but if you can um, control right. F baby kissing babies, that's what that was the one in there. So the little the <laughs> politics talking there. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and that's that's Sean Payton. Like he's just a very crass guy, that's which is very opposite of of Russell Wilson, who's very calculated in everything he says and does. Mm-hmm. And so they are opposite in that kind of direction. I, I still think that they get along fine. I don't think that's a problem. They're both football guys. They both want to go out there and win. It sounds like they spend a ton of time talking over plays when practice is over. Um, so, I mean, Russell Wilson doesn't have any problem going into his office and talking to him. So I, I don't think there's a problem within the relationship. I think just Sean Payton is just trying to get across to Russ. Like, this is what it's going to take. If we're yeah. going to get where we need to go, we got to have zero distractions. And, you know, and for Russ, like, you have to remember, he is more than a football player. Yeah. He has, I don't know how many businesses. And then you talk about his charities. Of course, his wife is a superstar as well. So it, it's a, it's a whole thing where it's, it's more than just a football for him. You know, a lot of these guys, like mostly all we know about them is football where Russ, it is really about his personal life on top of football. So uh, I think Sean Payton, just trying to let him know, like, this is some of this has to be cut back. I, I don't think he ever said, get completely rid of it all but it just, we can't have this be a distraction for this season. Like it was last year. Yeah. And the, uh, the quote that uh, mile high huddle cut up and uh, made a graphic um, from Sean Payton said, will you bleeping stop kissing all the babies? You're not running for public office. You're here to play quarterback and win football games. So uh, I think that's the big thing there talking about the relationship with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. And this is just me, you know, speculating on this, but I think it's almost just, and this is more about Sean Payton than Russell Wilson. I think because Sean Payton didn't have the control to choose Russell Wilson, the fact that he wasn't his choice, Russell Wilson is already dealing with an uphill battle in that relationship. So he's going to have to earn that trust because Sean Payton is such a control freak. I mean, they talked in the article, there was one year that he was getting mad at the league office for the size of the Saints Christmas tree in their facility. I mean, it's just the the minute details that he gets uh, uh, focused in on are just crazy. So I think the fact that, I mean, Again, you can't really argue with the results, uh, but we'll get around to a bigger point on this uh, in a bit that I want to get to. But the the fact that Russell Wilson wasn't his choice, that he was you know, already here, and that wasn't Sean Payton's process and control of the decision-making to get him here, I think that's something that makes it harder uh, for Wilson to work his way up. But 
if Wilson is playing good football, if he's protecting the ball, if he's doing what Sean Payton wants, uh, then that's good. But I got to say, I wish, I wish I could be a fly on the wall for some of those, you know, post uh, game film rooms with the head coach and the quarterback, because you mentioned it. Crass is a good politically correct word uh, for Sean Payton, because he will, I think, rip into any of those players and whatnot, because he doesn't have issues ripping into anybody. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's, (laughs) <laughs> we've seen it plenty I, when I was at a practice. I mean, you could hear him yelling at different times, but we got Phil coming in again with some stars saying, guys, who's going to have the most catches Dulcich or Mims? What other player has the most total yards? I'm going to say Dulcich has more catches. Mims has more yards. I think Mims right now, just with where his game is at. I mean, I, I loved him coming out of Oklahoma. You know that. Yeah, you did. He you, was my, you my favorite fist receiver. When they drafted him. Yeah, you I did. Him. I was I was very excited. He was my favorite receiver, not my top receiver, my favorite receiver. And um, but he still has a limited game. He's still mm-hmm. got a lot of development to do. And so I think for him, a lot of his early success is gonna come on plays that are very much designed for him around mm-hmm. his skill set. And so I think that's gonna limit the number of catches that he can have on the field. I think you're looking at maybe four or five catches, but one of those could be like a 40 yard play where Dulcich, I could see him being a little bit more of a volume guy, especially with Jerry Judy out. He's going to be the guy that's working the middle of the field. So I could see him getting in that six to seven catches, but maybe 65, 70 yards. Yeah. I don't disagree with you at all. I think we are both assuming that Sutton will probably end up with the most catches i don't know about the most yards but probably the most catches a lot of it's going to depend on what happens with jerry judy uh would you be surprised at all if javante williams ends up in the top five in receptions and receiving yards not at all i I mean we saw in the one game that he was featured what do you have four catches out of five targets yeah he had that first one that he should have had yeah right and i mean and that was how many snaps i mean he, he played less than 25 snaps in that game and five of them were passes to him and then another few were, were carries for him. So I, I do. I think we've seen with Sean Payton, he loves to target running backs. And I, I'm excited about that because for so long, the Broncos have almost used the running back just as a kind of a decoy. But teams are like, well, we know you're not going to throw it out there. You know, I, and I know the chat's maybe going to go a little crazy with this, but like Philip Lindsay, <clears throat> he's not a receiver, never has been a receiver. And so teams kind of knew, like, we can let him go out there to the side because they're not going to throw it to him because he's not even going to catch it if they do throw it to him. And it just it didn't make teams have to respect every inch of the field. Mm-hmm. Where Javante, he actually has very good hands, has very good ability once he gets it in the open field. And so I think he's going to be very much a prime part of the, the passing game. It's an area for me where I'm still a little wait and see on him because he has shown potential there. He wasn't that guy at uh, North Carolina because he was working with uh, Michael Carter out there who ends up being a third round pick. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to follow him uh, this season. But yeah, I'm curious. I think I have a fantasy draft as soon as this is over. And uh, I am definitely nobody's none of my friends are listening because they're all, you know, bears or Packers fans or something. Uh, Midwest roots, I guess. Right. But I'm definitely targeting Javon's Williams and whoever takes him, I'm going to be mad about it. Uh, Jasmine coming in here saying, sounds like Sean Payton is being a coach and trying to keep him focused. That's what coaches do. Uh, Things should be fine. Things should be fine uh, this season. I mean, he demands excellence and perfection, and, and he also demands that people work as hard as him. Or 
demands that people work hard because nobody's going to work harder. I mean, he sounds like somebody that even when he's working Fox, uh, he was there well before kickoff and he was one of the last ones to leave uh, as just an analyst out there. And it felt unfulfilling to him. Uh, he would go out there and, you know, all the competition and whatnot. So he had to get back in the game looking for, so to scratch that itch uh, that you probably only get. It's probably, you know, there's some movie or something. It's like probably the best high out there, out there winning football games. Uh, who needs drugs when you can, you know, compete in the NFL. Uh, but uh, that's, you know, Sean Payton and, the big point I want to get to here, just reading this article, Carl, like I'm sure you did. I always thought that, you know, bringing in Jim Harbaugh had, if the Broncos did bring him in, would have an expiration date because wherever he's gone, he's had a little bit of, you know, it's just reached a boiling point and he's had to move on. Reading this made me question. I never really thought about that with Sean Payton before. And all coaches are hired to be fired, but I never thought about it reaching a point of burnout and uh, combustion. But with the power, the new power dynamic that is the Broncos ownership group, and Sean Payton returning, already having had success here. I am just, I'm curious what it looks like going through adversity and how the pieces around Sean Payton function when things are rough. Uh, because unfortunately, guys, we brought in Sean Payton in here, but odds are things are going to be hard for the Broncos when you're in a division with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes uh, for the next, you know, 5, 10, 15 years. So what do you think? Are you? Did you read that article and like, obviously he's an incredible football coach, Bill Parcells, disciplinarian, amazing program builder, but it almost made me like, man, this has a chance to go poorly. Uh, if things go down the wrong path. It does. I mean, like I said, you got new ownership who built up Walmart, obviously, <laughs> and have been the top tier people who make all the decisions. And when you're an owner in the NFL, like you, you get to be a part of the decisions, but some of the best owners are the ones that kind of give off that duty to the GM, to the coach and let the, the football guys handle those kind of things. You know, when, um, when we had our past owner here, the, the great thing with Bolin was he really trusted his football people. Like his mm -hmm. job was just to encourage and build them up, give them what they needed. Mm -hmm. And it led to a ton of success for a lot of years for the Broncos. And to me, like, that's the best kind of owner when they can be that kind of guy. Like they come to the coaches and say, Hey, what do you need? You want me to go pay this much money for this player? I'm going to go do that for you. You need this new facility. You need this new weight room. Got it. Boom. It's yours. Where instead of being the guy like that's coming and going, you wanted this guy. No, I like this guy a little bit more. We're doing that. You know, showing up in the draft room when he have, hasn't watched any tape going, Ooh, this guy, he's been hyped up on TV. Let's draft him. You know? So I'm interested to see as things progress with the Walmart group, how much the, how much they really want to have final say and do a lot more with this team because Sean Payton, he's going to be that guy. Like I want to make the decisions. And if there's pushback the against that, he did say in the article that uh, the head owner always, you know, you never win that battle as the head coach. So at least he, publicly he has that wherewithal, but I agree. He does want to, he wants complete control. Yeah. And so I just wonder when he doesn't get his way, is he going to not throw a hissy fit, but like get upset and be frustrated and start kind of closing off towards ownership or towards the GM. You know, I still question his relationship with George Payton. How's that going to be moving forward? Is, mm -hmm. is George Payton on his way out from the Broncos? Is this his last year? Is that going to continue? Um, I, I just think there's, there is, there's a lot of moving pieces here, a lot of very alpha personalities and big positions that want to get their way, want a lot of control, and only one person can have final say at the end. Who's that going to be? And if it's not Sean Payton, how does he handle that? 
yeah so it's really it really fascinating to follow that and uh this great again great article on espn i encourage everyone to read it jasmine comes in again double dipping today thank you so much jasmine says uh, sounds like sean payton is being a coach and trying to keep him focused absolutely i don't have if you have an issue with that then you don't know sean payton i guess you're not following him uh yeah. that's what coaches do fuss and yell things should be fine yeah, the different coaches are different ways right like sean McVay is not that guy really and you have to be genuine to yourself and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't uh but that, i think that's more to do with the quality of the coach versus you know the personality type terrence brown says nick wish you guys stop pandering to sean payton as if he's the best head coach in the league there are literally a dozen coaches in this league that are comparable to payton i guess we could go through the list uh to talk about coaches but he's definitely one of the top 10 coaches in the league and he's done yeah. some really good things with um, multiple iterations over multiple seasons uh, with the Saints. I mean, Bill Belichick's considered the greatest NFL coach of all time, and we've even seen when he hasn't had a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, it's been hard for him. So uh, Sean Payton's a great coach. I'm not out here saying he's the best out there, uh, but uh, he's pretty darn good, and uh, the Broncos went out there and paid a first round for him because he is pretty darn good and a, a proven head coach with uh, multiple seasons of results. Yeah, his worst season with the Saints, and, and think about this, the Saints were like the worst team in football when he took over. I mean, they, they their fans were wearing paper bags to games because they didn't want their faces put on TV to show that they were at a Saints game. Yeah. That, that's how bad it was. We haven't reached that point here in Denver. And that very first year took him to the playoffs, and he was there for, what, 14 seasons with the Saints, which is pretty unheard of for coaches. Like, there, there's very few guys that last 14 years with one organization. And, and really – I think he could have kept going, but more mm -hmm. he, he kind of got burned out and everything that was kind of going on. There's just kind of a black cloud that was around the Saints with some some things behind the scenes that he finally just made that decision. I got to step down for a little bit. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, his worst season, seven and nine. Pretty good. You know, for us in Denver, like we're going, to, we would take that over the last five years for sure. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's been, or seven years. Uh, I mean, if that's the worst we get, that that's amazing. And yeah. I do think he is one of the best offensive minds when it comes to football. I think there are some other great offensive minds out there. I think McVay and Reed are better in the passing game. I think the, the Shanahan and McDaniels, they're better in the running game. But I think when you're talking about a guy that's overall for offensive run and pass, I think he does some of the best work when you're talking of just being able to mix and match those together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we could talk about some of his defenses there with the saints early on. were not great that he really relied a lot on offense. And, you know, I think he kind of figured things out as, this, as his career went on a little bit better of giving more resources to the defense. But again, I, I think if I'm looking at the coaches in the NFL right now, I would have him probably at least top seven, if not top five. Yeah. Uh, so he's a damn good coach and hopefully he can, you know, be somebody who can, maximize Russell Wilson's obvious abilities and ex a good coach. What they do is they accentuate their uh, players strengths and try to hide their weaknesses. So uh, yeah, we're hoping that uh, he can do that and coming forward again, coming back to Sean Payton, this is big picture stuff here, but we're having, we're kind of at a intersection in the road right now in a lot of football, specifically college football with the NIL stuff and players getting paid and the access to social media. where talking about Russell Wilson and his brand in college that's how you get paid. I mean, a lot of these things mm -hmm. are sponsorships and whatnot outside of the institution, outside of the college football program. So the bigger brand you have, the more money you're going to have. I mean, Arch Manning hasn't played a snap 
at Texas, and he's making $13 million because, I mean, the, the Manning brand. I mean, so it's going to be weird because now you have these players coming into the league, and it's going to be in stark contrast to what Sean Payton wants. So I'm very curious to see how this upcoming generations of players uh, are integrated into the Broncos. If it changes their scouting process, like you're going for the people that are the non-social media types, even I, I don't know, but like that is, I kind of think that there's, and some coaches have always been like that, you know, it's not like social media is a brand new thing, uh, but with the NIL stuff and the, the very generation or the, what generates their value is their brand uh, is going to be really interesting to follow given that direct quote of uh, Sean Payton telling Russell Wilson to put away that Russell Wilson Inc. Uh, stuff and focus on football. So I don't know. Maybe it's just me predicting the old man. You know, am I the one out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. I don't know what's going to happen here with that, uh, but it's going to be very, very interesting to follow. Either way, though, it's Sean Way's or Sean Payton's way or the highway in the end in that uh, locker room without a doubt. Colby C. Collier coming in saying, I'm way late, but just wanted to say that Wyoming versus Texas Tech game was amazing. Go Broncos. Yeah, way to go, Cowboys. I was really pulling for you guys. That was incredible. And thank you so much for the stars as well, Colby. Uh, heck of a game, uh, Texas Tech. I love the quote at the end of the game from the Wyoming quarterback saying that uh, we wanted to drag them to the deep end and uh, until they struggled. And that is, you know, just just hanging around. That's a, that's a good football team. I'm excited to see what uh, Wyoming can do this year in the uh, – was it the mountain West conference should be a lot of fun. Go Cowboys. I mean, God, that's a, that's a great program. Phil McLaughlin also coming to the stars saying there are a number of articles and books written on the saints that point out uh, there were times Peyton and drew had their conflicts and it seemed to work out pretty well for them. It does. Uh, I think at the end of the day, if you have a common goal, uh, I mean, not to go too <laughs> big picture on this, but I mean, the United States absolutely hated the USSR, but they had a common enemy. Uh, and they were able to look aside from their differences uh, for a while and work together for a common goal. I think that, you know, big picture to small picture. Uh, you can talk about that with uh, Wilson and Peyton as well. Do you care enough about the same common goal that you are willing to put aside, you know, differences or uh, whatever to work together to achieve that? And I think that after what we saw last year from Wilson and what we, what we read in the article from Sean Payton, I think both these guys, are, I have a lot of questions. I have no question that they want to win. And they yeah. are going to do everything they can to win football games in Denver. Yeah. And Belichick and Brady were that same way too. Yes. They they really didn't like each other a whole lot. I mean, by the end, that's pretty much what made Tom Brady want to leave. He's just like, this. I'm done with this. Like, they're not listening to me. Belichick's doing his own thing. I still have no power within this organization. You know, that, that's kind of what how he took it. Mm. But again, they put up with that for a lot of years because they were winning a lot of games and had, like I said, that common goal. And so for, for Peyton and Russ, I think they can make it work for a couple of years and be fine. You know, maybe if we're, if we were talking for an entire career, I might be a little bit more nervous of how they're going to, to do long-term. And there might be that point where Russ would just be like, I'm done. Like, I don't want this anymore. We already saw him do that with the, the Seahawks. So, but like I said, for a couple of years, I think they can set some of that stuff aside. They'll, they'll play nice for like I said, I think it's probably about two years would be my guess of how long Russ and, and Sean are together. I think after that, they're probably looking for somebody different. You know, I, I saw you put out on Twitter that the 2024 quarterback class looking pretty darn good. There's a lot of good quarterback play week one of college football. If yes, you, if you guys were not out there watching and so good chance for the Broncos to maybe get that guy 
get him in the works for a year while he sits behind Russell Wilson, then boom, you've got your possible future quarterback moving forward with Sean Payton. Yeah. I mean, two years I'm week by week uh, right now. I mean, definitely this year for sure. But uh, if things struggled this year, I wouldn't be shocked at all. If the Broncos went after a quarterback uh, to compete and eventually take over because it would be Sean's guy, right? The guy that he chose and evaluated to bring in here. I think that does matter from again, just reading between the lines and painting a picture of who Sean Payton is. He wants that, you know, creative control. And uh, that has a lot to do with the roster building as well. And especially, uh, the quarterback position. So Phil comes in. I don't know if we got this one already, but he says there are a number of articles and books written on the saints. that point out they were tying. Oh, we did get this one. Thank yeah. you so much, Phil. Uh, we appreciate you. I think that might be Phil's third uh, super chat today. So God bless you, man. That's incredible. And yeah, I think I have very little doubt uh, that Sean Payton is going to do everything that he can within his control to turn this Broncos team around. Uh, it's interesting to hear in the article again, talking about Bill Parcells and him having conversations about, you know, what went wrong last time in terms of the burnout and whatnot. And he said to avoid the obvious landmines. So be curious to see uh, what it looks like this time around. But for Sean Payton, you know, sometimes you worry about guys work-life balance, but football and competing does seem like his life. So he's going to give his all uh, to this job and very little doubt that this Broncos team is going to be a much better organization and program uh, this season under Sean Payton. So any final thoughts on the article there, Carl, before we wrap it up? I mean, it was really, again, really a good read. Uh, if you have some time to sit down and, you know, get away from the family a little bit, it'll take you a bit. It was a big one, but uh, there's a lot of insight on Sean Payton, the dude. Yeah. I like that. He's at least reflective on his past mm -hmm. and realizing that there were mistakes made on, on his end of things. You know, like you said, that work balance with his family and everything else. But, you know, when we're talking about Josh McDaniels going with the Raiders, You'd think after, you know, he was here in 2011 or 2010, 2009 and 2010 for the Denver Broncos. And he's still doing the exact same crap to the Raiders that he did to the Broncos. Yeah. You know, your, your star quarterback. Yep. Yep. See you later. Derek Carr. We don't want you anymore. <laughs> you know, the, your top wide receiver. Yep. They're already talking now saying they, they're not liking this offense. They're getting upset with you. Your tight end gets mad because you post about his wedding that he wanted private out in very public. So all of a sudden he's traded away. Now you got one of your biggest superstars on your team and Chandler Jones, possible future hall of fame player out there talking about how his coach wants nothing to, you know, like he's not talking to him. His GM's not talking to him. They're closing the, the weight room. So he can't even get in there talking to his baby mama, you know, all those kind of things. And so again, I look at Josh McDaniels and I remember there was a time somebody asked him like, so what, what would you do different now than if, you, if you'd go back and do the Denver situation? He said, nothing. I'm like, really? Like, that's your answer in that moment? You can't think of a single thing that you did wrong in those two years. You got caught cheating. You had the team at their worst record that they've had in their franchise history. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, nothing on your end is a fault. And so at least I appreciate that Sean Payton is a reflective guy. You can see that there were mistakes made along the way wants to do better moving forward. And I think that, you know, a lot of things have happened uh, over the course of Sean Payton's career in the league. I mean, obviously it came from the Bill Parcells stuff, went to the Saints, you had Bounty Gate there, you've had uh, the back surgery, he's had a divorce since then, and then he was out of the league for a year uh, with the Saints needing to step away, and now he's back. So I think there's going to be a, a rejuvenated Payton, without a doubt, and hopefully not one that uh, the same path that felt like, just based on the article, was leading to a path of, inevitable burnout 
but is that what it takes to be great? I mean, it's just, it's going to be fascinating to follow. I cannot wait to follow this in Denver and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, without it. It's going to be again, competent football this year in Denver, one way or another, we'll be competent. Uh, Jasmine coming in again, 999 saying every team should have a dog. Like how Aqib Talib was, who do y'all feel like brings that aggressiveness and confidence to the team? I feel like that's all we are missing. Uh, physicality, physicality on offense, in my opinion, most of the time comes from the run game. I think Javonta Williams can provide a silent dog type, but also you can have dogs on the offensive line. I think Quinn Miners can be a little bit of a dog as well. He's like a goofy talking out there, but on the field, he plays pretty darn uh, aggressive and mean. So he's one. The answer for me on defense is easy. Uh, it's even though he's an old dog, uh, it's Kareem Jackson, man. He is tenacious, nasty, uh, big hitter for his size. I mean, he just he gives it up out there as a safety when he's coming down and tackling. So he's one that's a dog. Quan Williams also. Uh, when he was out there, I think qualified for that, but uh, hopefully he comes back. Yeah, I, I would lean towards, uh, and Scott put it in the private, but uh, Randy Gregory. Mm-hmm. You know, when yeah. he was playing last year, like the San Francisco game, that guy was fired up every time he got a hit on somebody, dancing around, letting the, the 49ers know he is there. Yep. If he can stay healthy, I think he could be that that fire to light the defense. You know, making that one big play that gets everybody else just, you know, zoned in and ready to go. I, you know, that's what a keep to leap would do. He'd have that play that just got everybody else like, okay, we're doing this. This is our day. And again, Gregory just has to stay healthy. <laughs> got to stay on the field. And it sucks. You know, like I was at training camp the day that he got hurt again. And it, it was on a touchdown. He caught a, a tip pass ran for a touchdown and then he was out for like a week of practice and just, Oh man, he's one of those guys. I just wonder what his career could have been if he could have stayed healthy and not had all of his legal issues and suspensions and all that kind of stuff. Just, I mean, the talent's there obviously. And Mm -hmm. so again, I, I think he has that personality and he has that, that game to be that kind of guy for the Broncos. Yeah. It's going to be fun to follow. Uh, God, man, I cannot wait for the Raiders. Uh, that's going to be great. Uh, all the hypotheticals, all the uh, pontificating. Nope. Ball. That's going to be great to talk about. Michael Ronquillo, great show tonight. Nick and Colin building the Broncos. Go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you so much, Michael. We appreciate the heck out of you. We appreciate everybody uh, in the chat coming in here. Uh, we also got Phil coming in saying, Nick, who has a better record this year, Iowa and Nebraska? I'll go with Iowa, but uh, I do think that Nebraska will have a chance to turn it around here. But uh, and they got some wealthy pockets for the NIL stuff, so it'll be fun to follow. Patrick Wiltsey coming in saying, Aloha, Jens. Good to see you, Patrick. Uh, Alto Watts saying, uh, Sean Payton has a playoff record of 9-8 and eight with a young prime Drew Brees 9-8. and eight. That's very underwhelming for a coach with a legendary quarterback. It's hard to get into the playoffs, and once you get in there, anything can happen. I feel like most teams probably have a losing record in the playoffs, right? Is that incorrect to say? I mean, it's the same people. I don't know how they're actually thinking about the math would work once you lose, you're out. But for me... It, what would be more indicative is the comp, uh, the division titles and years above, you know, like 10 win seasons after yeah. that, let the chips fall as they might. Uh, but the Broncos we're down. We're off the screen right now. This is nine and eight in the playoffs. I mean, that might even be up here. That's Super Bowl consistency, but like we need to get to here before talking about that being underwhelming. So hopefully we can get better uh, going forward. Right. And I mean, you think about some of those losses they had, they were just some of the weirdest fluke plays. Mm-hmm. The, the Minnesota yeah. game you yeah. talked about it earlier against the Rams where they had the missed call that would have been an easy score win that game. Uh, was that the year the Rams went to the Super Bowl? I think so. 
and you know the Saints were were favored to go there. So there's been just a, a couple times where you look at that and say, like, this doesn't happen, mm-hmm. and somehow it continues to happen to the Saints. I hope hopefully that bad luck doesn't carry over to the Broncos here, where we get those just backbreaking plays that just destroy them in the playoffs. But no, I, like I said, just get into the playoffs. If you can do that on a consistent basis as a head coach, that's a big deal. Uh, and I think Sean Payton is that kind of guy that can at least get you that that level of play year in, year out. And the AFC West, like you said earlier, <clears throat> it's going to be tough. You got two really young quarterbacks that are great in this league, that are top five. It's going to be hard to compete against that. But I think Sean Payton's one of those guys that should keep you at least within that that firing range to maybe win a couple division titles and at least be making the playoffs. Yep. Going to be wild to follow. I uh, just want to see the playoffs again. As uh, Saya Stone comes in and says, Saints went one and five in their 40-year history before Payton. So nine and eight sounds pretty good right now. Uh, obviously, once you get to that level, you want more. Uh, but we got to get to that level first. Troy Bauer, 999, says, hey, guys, can't watch now, but wanted to support. Well, thank you so much, and thank you, everybody, for coming in today. We had a lot of support in the show. You guys are great. Uh, definitely a eye-opening, uh, interesting article there from Sean Payton. I encourage you all to read it and you know come to your own conclusions. We obviously went on and uh, added to it, and um, you know what does it mean? Try to add some analysis to it, but uh, it's there's plenty in there to uh, dig into. We could have done a whole series uh, discussing that stuff, so pre- really a good shot. And it's Raiders week, so now we got to start transitioning, turning the page there, but for another pod, for another pod. Thanks, you guys, so much for following us. Follow Carl on Twitter. Carl's at Carl Dumbler, MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also, make sure you guys are following us at uh, BTB Pod, BTB Football Pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. Of course, follow us at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe to Mile High Huddle over on YouTube, like the show, and share it on all your social media platforms. Thanks to everybody who came in today. I mean, I can't. Jasmine, uh, Michael Ronquillo, Troy Bauer there at the end. I think Gary Palmer was in the house as well. Uh, Lawrence Rivera was in here. Uh, God, you guys are just, I'm sure I'm missing some people. Uh, Carl, help me out here. Kenneth Booker was in here as well. Thank you so much, Kenneth. Uh, Of course, we had Gary Palmer. Uh, Stu McPeak, Stu coming in 1999 as well with a big one. I mean, you guys killed it today. Hopefully we lived up to it and uh, you think we earned those uh, contributions. You guys are great. I got to get out of here. I got a fantasy football draft. Carl, any final thoughts? Nope. Just excited for Sunday and excited. Well, really for Thursday, hopefully getting to see the chiefs get beat and just uh, to see the Sean Payton era get kicked off here in Denver. Heck yeah. You guys have a great one. Continue to choose kindness and compassion. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.